0: listening to True G Radio. Turn up that dial.
1: Welcome to Faith Radio with your host Dr. Daniel Merrick.
0: The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. But that's the translation, but that's wrong. No. The Lord is not the translation. It is uh, Yahweh or Yahweh, so that's his name. He who causes to be, in other words, that's that's God's name. So get your
1: Bible and get ready to study the Word of Almighty Yahweh with Dr. Dan. Yeah. That's his name. It isn't Lord.
0: Who has believed their message?
1: And now, Dr. Dan.
0: Welcome to Faith Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Merrick. And uh, this is the season, and the reason for the season? Paganism. Okay, so we have uh, this, uh, from Thanksgiving to the 1st of January, a host of man-made pagan holidays that seem to be out there, that uh, some very interesting historical facts are ignored by most and the host of mankind. They add to it, in direct contradiction of the seven feasts of Leviticus chapter 23 and the three first fruits offering of Leviticus chapter 23, they add by men's doctrines over the thousands of years things that are not given by Almighty Yahuwah for us to keep. Such things as Purim, which is also called Jewish Halloween when in the springtime at the end of the Hebrew year before the new year starts they dress up in clothes and mock Haman and and have a story that was clearly a rabbinical added holiday and is not a sacred set apart holy day at all it's not a purified thing at all and then they add Hanukkah too which according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, the Wikipedia online, and hosts of other historical sources. The very first nine-candle Hanukkah menorah was found in a Catholic church with the triune God symbol on it in the 1400s, which is a 9 candlestick cambrella. But in actuality, it was made of wood, and it was actually found in a Catholic church for uh, for the Advent ceremony of the 24th through the 1st of January, when they started to adopt the nine candlebrella or candle lampstand in the Catholic Church of the nine days of Christmas from the 24th of December through to the 1st of January, when they worshiped the two faced God Janus, the false goddess, God from uh, Roman antiquity that came out of Greek mythology that came out of Babylonianism or Babylon mystery religion that began thousands of years before. So when we look at these things and we actually study it, we've, we find that uh, in the 1500s, the Jewish sects were begun to form in 1550. They had the Hasidic and the Orthodox and the Zionist and the Reformed and the Reconstructionist doctrines that began at that era when the Roman Catholic Pope allowed the rabbis to go into the Vatican wearing the sun god beanie cap or the shapka or the uh, yarmulke as it's been called so that they would look like the Catholic cardinals to get into the Vatican. And they translated out and copied out all the Talmudic writings that were formed in 825 AD from the Jerusalem Talmud and the Babylonian Talmud. They were writings that were from Babylon when the captivity of Babylon happened, and they were writings of the temple records in Jerusalem that had been collected by the Catholic Church and culminated together in a monastery in Iraq near Babylon. Thus, they were called the Babylonian Talmud in the construction of those records. So, uh, we do not see any nine-candlestick menorah existing before 1400, and that one was for the advent of the Catholic Church. Now, if you want to get some interesting uh, information on this, you can go to my blog at Yaspace.org or yahshuamessiah.ning.com. That's Y-A-H-S-H-U-A-M-E-S-S-I-A-H, all one word, dot N-I-N-G dot com. And that is our social network, our fellowship network online, which is yahspace.org. And I have written several blogs over the last month or so about Christmas, Hanukkah, and the New Year, uh, celebrations and such and um, uh, we had uh, some uh, documents and some pictures sent uh, we got from Wikipedia and from uh, uh, brothers and, and sisters in the faith that uh, show the reckoning and the reasoning behind the Janus two-faced God day and how December was actually Deca for 10 in the Roman calendar of 10 months that was in existence at the time of the Maccabees on the Roman calendar, up until after the time of Messiah, until the calendar was changed by the Roman popes and the Roman emperors in Europe after the death, burial, and resurrection of Messiah. So a lot of the reasonings and reckonings that they say, oh, this lines up with the 25th of Cheslev, uh, which is the Babylonian name for the last month of Adar, um, and saying that the Deca, the 10th month, December, uh, which means Deca is 10, uh, was the 10th month, and it lined up with the 7th month. No, nope, wrong, sorry, eh, wrong answer. It's September, Sept, that was the 7th month in the Roman calendar, and it lined up perfectly with the birth of Yahshua Messiah on the first day of Tabernacles on the 24th of September in 3 B.C. So when we go back and we look at the historical records, we look at when the star came, we look at uh, when Hanukkah actually began. It was not until 1709 that the uh, Lindbergh uh, Menorah, Nine Candlestick Menorah, was created out of silver in Great Britain in 1709 A.D., and no one lit any nine-candlestick menorah nor kept eight-day feasts of Hanukkah until after that. It became a tradition added by men under the rabbinical order, by rabbinical orders. And if you go to the Encyclopedia Judaica, it says very clear that the rabbis ordered this in the 1700s. So all this garbage about they kept it. And then when we go back to the book of Maccabees, we see that uh, Judas of Maccabees said, let us remember this day when they dedicated the temple after the abomination of the desecration of... uh, Antiochus Epiphanes when he offered pigs on the altar and they got back in and the oil did last for eight days for the cleansing of the temple and the rededication of the altar and um but then he says let us remember this day when the temple was purified and when the oil lasted for eight days so we can remember one day uh, that this miracle happened, the same way we remember the uh, transfiguration on the mount when Yeshua was transfigured uh, before the disciples. Uh, we can remember the uh, miracle of the blind eyes being opened, and we can remember the miracle of the lame walking. We can remember these things, but do we set up a new holiday that interrupts or adds to against Deuteronomy chapter 12? where Ya, Almighty said, Do not add anything to what I tell you to observe, and do not take anything away from exactly what I tell you to observe. And men have been, for thousands of years, adding and taking away all sorts of things. They took away the last great day, Judgment Day, out of the seven feasts and replaced it earlier with the first fruits and called it a feast when it was an offering three times a year. If first fruits was a feast, it would last seven months. It would last from the feast of unleavened bread where the barley offering of first fruits is made and then the feast of weeks when the wheat offering is made and then the feast of tabernacles when the fruit-bearing trees and vine offerings are made unto Yahuwah and brought into the house of Yah. So, the first fruits offering are three times a year, and there are scriptures in the blog at yahspace.org that I put there that show three times a year. You shall not show empty, you shall not be empty before Yahuwah. You shall come before the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles to give your offerings unto Yah. The three offerings a year required that the males of Hebrew Israelites. The true Israel of Yah are supposed to bring an offering. Now, because we no longer live in an agricultural society and there's no temple, we bring our offerings in other means. We bring uh, canned foods. We bring uh, other things during the Feast of Tabernacle. We bring a monetary offering for what? To spread the gospel, the good news of Yahshua Messiah, through the preachers and teachers like myself, who are preaching and teaching the truth and not a lie. Because whoever loveth and maketh a lie, it says in the book of Revelation, will be cast into the lake of fire. So when we lie and say that it's okay to keep Christmas or Hanukkah or New Year's or Purim or Halloween or any of these pagan made up holidays, which are satanic mockery of the feasts of Yah then we are making a lie. We are lying to children, telling them a fat, red-suited sorcerer named Satan Claus or Santa Claus comes down a chimney and gives them uh, uh, gifts when uh, everybody knows that if you come through a chimney with a fire in the fireplace, all them gifts are going to be something that you're not going to want because they're going to get all burned up. And most assuredly, these gifts will be burned in the end when the new heaven and the new earth are renewed by fire, and old things pass away. Behold, all things shall become new, and the new Jerusalem of Yah shall come down out of heaven on the renewed earth. And we know these things by the Scripture, and we go by the Scriptures exactly. We don't entertain the misadventures of men which mocks the plan of salvation, pictured as the shadow type, 2nd Colossians in Leviticus chapter 23. Seven feasts, Starting with Passover, our Passover lamb sacrifices his blood. The earthquake, the rocks split, and the blood was sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant underneath where he was hung on a pole, not a T-shaped Tamu's cross. Then unleavened bread, get the sin out of your life. Why? Because you need to get that leaven out, because a little leaven will spread around like peer group pressure and force other people to accept sin like we see happening in Washington, D.C. and in the capitals of the world where sin has become lawfulness according to the lawlessness of the world governments. And it was prophesied, it said, in the last days they shall call evil good and good evil. And we see this wickedness and evil happening in the world today. So we need to repent of it and turn away from the things of man and man-made doctrines and satanic rituals and rites of religions and Babylon mystery religion and turn to the one true faith of Yah under his name. It's by his name we are saved. It's by these seven feasts that represent the plan of salvation. So we get the sin out of our life. And then in the Feast of Weeks, the Pen, or Pentecost, as the Christians call it, because it counts 50 days, Penta for 50. 50 days, you count and uh, you count the Omer to the 50th day. And on the 50th day, you keep the Feast of Pentecost. And that's when the raw HaKodesh, or what uh, modern English calls the Holy Spirit, came and rested on the disciples. And they spoke in the language of uh, other men's languages that they did not know, and in the tongues of angels also, in angelic languages, and in pure Hebrew, Hebrew that was restored to the name of Yah. It had no longer had the name of El for a god from the Babylonian word El for Baal. It had Yah in it, and by Yah's name we are saved. Then we go and we go to the fall feast, which notice there is no first fruits. Offering uh, on the other feasts, other than the three given, so on the feast of Sukkot or um, um, Shavuot, or fifty days, weeks, we have the offering of wheat. Now, wheat is very interesting; represents the believers in Yahshua Messiah and the believers in Yah that are following the truth. So that first fruit offering represents salvation itself. When we, the wheat, are harvested. Remember the scripture where Yahshua said, The harvest is ripe and the wheat is ready to be harvested, and the laborers are few? Well, that's speaking of men's souls, men's spirits placed in them by Yah, the breath of life, the spirit of life, where he that is joined to Yahshua is one spirit with Yah in the raw HaKodesh inside them. 1 Corinthians 15.45 says that, that we are one with Messiah by the Spirit of Messiah in us to help us live out the righteousness of Messiah through us so that we will not sin if we follow the law of Yah and the leading of the Spirit, because Jeremiah 31, he writes the law upon our hearts so that we sin not. And he forgives our sins and makes us cleansed and fills us with the raw HaKodesh, the spirit Kadosh within us, so that we can be sanctified until the day when our flesh becomes sanctified at the return of Yahshua Messiah. So then we come to the Feast of Trumpets, which represents the return of Yahshua Messiah at the sound of the seventh trumpet in Revelations. Yeshua Messiah returns. Then we have the Feast of Tabernacles. On the first day of Tabernacles, he was born. We're commanded to go into sukkah, or tents, and live in the Tabernacle for seven days during the Feast of Tabernacle. And it also represents the Tabernacle of Yah, the new Yarushalayim, when it comes down out of heaven and Yah lives with us in the new Yarushalayim forever in the renewed earth in the holy city of Yarushalayim or the new Jerusalem in the King James English. Then we have the seventh feast, which is called the Eighth Day Assembly, or the Last Great Day. It represents a day of judgment. We are supposed to fast and pray on that day because of the judgments and rewards that will be given in accordance with the Scripture. Some will be ashamed on that day, and some will be... uh, Happy and joyful for the rewards and the crowns and the gold, the silver, the diamonds of precious stones. And even Shaul writes, Paul writes in the New Testament, some will have wood, hay and stubble, some will have silver and gold, some will have precious stones. That reward on that last great day is when the last resurrection happens of all mankind to stand before the judgment throne of Almighty Yah. But it becomes convenient to forget that, try to lump it into the Feast of Tabernacles, and ignore the fact that the first fruits are offerings including the wine of the wrath of Yah during the Feast of Tabernacles from the vines of the grapes, the wine of joy at the wedding feast of the Lamb, and the fruit-bearing trees, because the believers in Yahshua Messiah are to bear fruits of the Spirit and to bear fruit by bringing the wheat into the harvest souls converted unto Yahshua HaMashiach, unto Yahuwah Almighty by His true name and not by the false pagan names of the Greeks and the mythological deities of Zeus that have come before and we've seen where they've changed the name of Yahshua, the Hebrew, into Zeus, the false deity of mythology in Greeks and Romans. So, We see that it's a shadow of things to come, as Paul writes, that these feast days are the plan of salvation and the plan of redemption of the earth and all creation unto YAH for the end time, final, at the end of millennium, new Yarushalayim coming down out of heaven, where the righteous shall live with YAH forever and forever and forever. And no man knows, Paul writes, what YAH has in store after that. But we can imagine in the sacred spiritual leading of the Rock HaKodesh what YAH might plan for us after that. Because He's not just redeeming the earth and mankind, but He shall redeem the whole universe unto Himself in righteousness and in sacredness and for an eternal kingdom that stretches not just on earth, but is ruled from earth and stretches into the whole universe, all times, all dimensions, all existences of reality that YAH has created. All creation shall be restored unto Him. And we shall be there if we call on the name of Yahshua Messiah. We're going to take a short break, and then after the break I'll be back to talk more about not keeping the pagan feasts and keeping THE FEASTS OF YAH. You can reach
1: Dr. Dan, Dr. Dr. Dan and become his friend on MySpace at MySpace.com slash Daniel Merrick. That's D A N I E L M E R R I C K. Or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Daniel W Merrick.
0: Facebook.com slash
1: Daniel W Merrick. D A N I E L W M E R R I C K. And don't forget to join his free social network at Yoss space Yahs Space dot org. Yazspace.org.
0: Hey, you can tweet me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Daniel W. merrick Welcome back to Faith Radio. Remember, you can always stop at our website at org and join our fellowship online and also yahbible.org where we have our music our books our bible translations very interesting books including babylon mystery religion that explains a lot of what we're talking about today also be sure and pick up your copy of what is his name and the cross versus truth at yahbible.org we also are thankful for those who contribute to help keep this broadcast on the air and help keep us preaching the truth of Yahshua the Messiah and Yahuwah Almighty and his righteous ways of the Hebrew faith, the one true faith of Yah, and uh, escaping from Babylon mystery religion, the mother of all false worship and all harlotry, out of the pagan sects, denominations and religions of men into the one true faith of set-apartness and sacred purity unto Yah." So we're talking about the two-facedness of Babylon versus the truth of the true kingdom of Yah under Mashiach, Yahshua. Now the two-faced deity starts at the beginning of the year. They call it the Feast of Janus, or they call it the New Year. When clearly in the scriptures in Torah it says the first month of Abib is the New Year. And they used to sound the trumpet at the sighting of the moon on the day of the new year on one Abiv, which they added the name Nisan from the Babylonian name for the first month in the spring, uh, the first day of the year. It was also the first day of creation back in the year uh, 3971, I believe it was, B.C., um, which is minus 200 and some years on the Hebrew rabbinical calendar, which was the actual day of creation, which puts us at the year 5991 in uh, the actual years from creation. We're coming up on the 120th Jubilee in the year 2031. Uh, so when we look at this and we see that 2031 to 2032 will be the jubilee, the 120th jubilee, and we match it up with the scriptures by the new year keeping and the actual first day of creation, we find that the new year is not begun on January 1st in the dead of winter. That is a celebration of paganism that is a lie. Now let's look at what men do on this day and see, is it righteous, or is, it, is it sacred, is it lawful to keep these things and do these things? They get drunk, they use drugs, they fornicate, they commit all manner of lasciviousness, they dance, and they party, and they eat pig, the abominable meat. That is the tradition of the Romanized two-faced Janus Greek deity of the new year on January 1st. So, is there anything righteous in that? No, not at all. So, what I suggest to men and people who ask me, what do you do on these pagan days like January 1st? Well, you stay home. And uh, um, you, if it's a genuine Sabbath, seventh day of the week, then you take the Sabbath off and you drink wine and according to the Sabbath, and you uh, uh, fellowship with the things of Yah and not the things of men. You separate yourself off. Now, <clears throat> uh, as it appears this year, I believe the uh, New Year of the Janus Two-Faced Deity is going to be on uh, started on a Saturday uh, at the end of Sabbath and uh, go to Sunday. And the Sunday will be the, the day, or, or it might be Saturday, I'm not sure. But it, it really doesn't matter because we're not to participate in these things. Now, for all wisdom to be revealed to mankind, what should you do? You should stay home because there'll be drunks on the road and the state police will be out uh, at the different places in the United States of America to catch the drunks trying to drive home drunk uh, after their revel-rousing celebrations and their uh, partying and dancing at different places. And there'll be all the fireworks and all the Garbage that goes along with their keeping of this pagan day. So I suggest that even if you do keep the pagan day uh, in false worship and don't repent of it, that you do it at home. Do it. uh, Don't don't risk, you know, like the old saying you see on it. Don't drink and drive and you'll stay alive. Well, don't drink, use drugs and and drive on the eve of the two-faced deity. Or you may end up in jail, or worse, you may end up dead. You know, and and see, that's the thing about it is that the wages of sin, it says in the scripture, is death. And so when we see the results of this sinful nature ending in the death of people, we mourn and we're sorrowful for it, but then we're also wise enough to not do it. You know, to see what mankind's results of their evil is and then turn from it or repent from it and stop doing the things that we did that were sinful and lawlessness and get in line with the seven feasts of Leviticus chapter 23, which Yahshua Messiah kept. The seventh day Sabbath, which Yahshua Messiah kept. It says, as he was his, 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 tr- his way of doing things, he kept the Sabbath and he read the scriptures and went to the synagogue or went to the worship house on the Sabbath. He didn't forsake the assembling of himself together with other Hebrews to keep the seventh day Sabbath of rest. And I have no doubt that he began the Sabbath probably with uh, grape juice or wine and the bread according to the traditions because he is the wine of joy and he is the Bread of life, and he is the water that we drink, that no man shall thirst when he has that, and he shall have eternal life, Yahshua himself said. If you eat me, he said, you shall have eternal life. And on the day when he said that, you eat my flesh, I drink my blood. He was speaking of the unleavened bread and the wine, the ceremony of uh, Passover. He was speaking of, he shall give up his life for our sins. He shall pay the penalty. What is nailed to the tree is the punishment of breaking the law for the forgiveness of sins and the shedding of blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins, the Scripture says. So we must repent and turn away from the things that are of men and turn to the things that are of Yah. As we read the Scriptures, we find the wisdom of Yah from Genesis to Revelation. And we find the wisdom of putting together every single part in what is revealed in His plan of salvation in the seven feasts. And we're able to put it all together. So if you add another day or add another thing, you will interrupt the um, keeping of Yah's Feast and plan of salvation was something that he never gave. It doesn't represent anything. For example, it represents mockery to worship the dead on Halloween, it represents mockery to keep Purim and to uh, uh, dress up like Halloween costumes and go around and beg money and candy in Israel like they do. That's why I call Purim Jewish Halloween. Um, It's a mockery of Yah's plan of salvation to add two candlesticks to the seven candlesticks, which represents the seven congregations of Yah. Each flame on those candlesticks represents the spirit of Yah, which is called the seven spirits of Yah in the book of Revelation. So when you mock it and you add more to it by the Babylonian Sacred number nine, which is six upside down, um, you literally take on satanic rituals of Satanism and the Antimashiach, which is the Mark six 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 spoken of in the Book of Revelation. So when we see these things come, and we try to keep ourselves sacred away from the snake bite and the potion, and away from the pagan uh, rituals and worships of Satan that we see in today's world that's in Christianity, in Hebrew Judaism, in uh, pagan uh, Baha'i, in Hinduism, in all the world's religion, in Islam, there are paganism and pagan symbology and idols too. And you would think that some of these people that are against idols and against eating pig and against doing lawlessness would get it together and say, oh, you know, what? we made a mistake. We need to repent. There is no Purim. There is no Hanukkah. There is no Christmas. There is no Janus, 2 Face New Year's Day. Let's do it when we should do it and not do it when we shouldn't. Let's not add to or take anything away. Let's do exactly what Yah commanded us to do. The original scriptures, as Moses was given, as Moses was given, the seven feast days of Leviticus chapter 23, Yah spake unto Moses, it says at the beginning, and said, these are my feasts, which you shall do in their seasons. They're not our feasts, they're Yah's feasts. And we go to Amos, and Amos writes, he says, your feasts, mankind's feasts, as opposed to Yah's feasts, are putrid to the Almighty. He detests them, it says. He hates them. That's what detest means. He says, I hate. He says, I will not hear your music. I won't, I won't hear your instruments playing. I won't hear your violins and your, your music and your dancing. He says, I hate this. And that is also why in Revelation 2, verse 6 and 15, Yahshua Messiah said, the deeds and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, or Saint Nicholas Laetans, or the clergy laity system, they put on their fancy little made-up garb, and supposedly because they wear the beanie caps and the Dagon fish god hats and and the, all the fancy Tammuz crosses with uh, idols of men on them and such, which it really isn't Yahshua Messiah, it was... It was uh, de- de- depictions of uh, Caesar Borgia's son that the Catholic Church took the images for Jesus of. They changed the name to Jesus and changed it from Yahshua. They changed the word Messiah to the word Christos from Christ, which was uh, made Christ in in the Greek, from the Babylonian word chris, which meant the sun. And then they have the mass of the invincible sun, Sol Victus, on the 25th of December, as the Catholic Church changed it from the 21st to get away from the pagan ness of the pagans and make paganism the way of Catholicism. So we don't keep the two faced day. We don't keep the pagan Kuenka, the day of Kuen, Amos 5, he says, you took unto yourselves this false deity, the star god of Moloch and Remfram, or uh, Moloch and Kuen, also symboled by Baal. And they took the two triangles and superimposed them and made the six-pointed star god. And the scripture says clearly, do not make any stars, symbols, icons, not any images of a man, not any images of any beast or creature that flies in the air, not the stars, nor the planets, it says. I mean, he covers everything in it, all the icons and symbols. There's only one thing given for us that represents the congregation of Yah. The seven candlestick menorah represents the seven congregations of Yah in Revelations. It says the seven congregations, the seven lampstands, the seven candles are the seven congregations of Yah. And then it talks about the mystery of Yahshua and his congregation in the New Testament versus the mystery of Babylon mystery religion, which it looks like it's the right thing to do. It's all this singing and everybody feels good and they get together and and they call it all sacred on a Sunday morning or on a Thursday at the Islamic or or on a Tuesday at 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 the Hindu idol temple or whatever. But it isn't the day that Yah said you're supposed to set apart and keep sacred and not do any work there on the seventh day of the week. It's not the keeping of Yah's feast. It's not keeping of Yah's ways. We are to walk as Messiah walked. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. What are his commandments? Well, let's go to the basic Big Ten, Exodus chapter 20, and try to start there. Jeremiah 31, he'll write the law on your heart. That is the new, sacred, set-apart covenant. That is the old covenant made new with a new seal in the heart and in the inner being, in your spirit, with the rock HaKodesh leading you rather than men's doctrine. Mark 7, 7, Yahshua said, in vain you worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. In other words, the commandments of men is one doctrine, but the doctrine of Yah is not the true doctrine that you are keeping. You're keeping the traditions rather than the true doctrine of Yah. That's what Yahshua was saying. He was saying it's vain worship. There's no point in it. There's no profit in it. There's no righteousness in it. There's no reward in it. There's no lawfulness in it. There's nothing to be profited from you spiritually, eternally, or even financially by keeping these false, unholy, unsacred, unset-apart days. Vain worship in man's traditions added things, added things, and then added more and more and more. That's why you have the Talmud of Babylon now, and and, uh, the Babylonian Talmud studies by the Jewish sects of religion. The truth is, is we're not supposed to keep those days. We're not supposed to keep those kinds of things added. One scripture in Torah says, do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. In reference to the three times a year of the first fruits offerings. Yet the Talmud added 6,000 laws and rabbinicalism added 6,000 plus laws to that on having a milk side of the kitchen, a meat side of the kitchen, having a milk fork and a meat fork. And now in modern times, you have to have two refrigerators, two stoves, two sets of pots and pans, two sets of utensils, two sets of everything because a milk side can't touch a meat side or it becomes polluted according to the rabbinical law. And then they use witchcraft incantation, make-believe man-made-up garbage to try to make sacred their garbage uh, laws. For example, if a milk fork is put on the meat side of the table, you got to wrap it in a white napkin. you got to bury it in the ground and say a prayer over it according to what the rabbis teach you. And then you dig it up, and you wash it seven times, and then it can be restored to the right side of the kitchen where it belongs. That is a bunch of man-made garbage. That's exactly what Yahshua said when he said, you do many traditions that are not the law of Yah by washing cups and saucers and such things which are not commanded to do. Because they... Even at the time of Yahshua would wash a plate seven times before they eat. Wash your hands seven times before they eat. Do this. Do that. Add this. Add that. When the Torah said, do not add, do not take away from exactly what Yah told us to do. And then mankind came along and said, well, it'll be okay because um, we'll make a lot of money doing this. (laughs) Let's sell Christmas trees. On December 25th, let's sell ornaments that represent round balls of suns and planets and stuff. Oh, let's talk about the star that shone over Yahshua's birth and make it a star at the top. Let's talk about angels, as say, and put an angel at the top of the tree, which is paganism. Jeremiah chapter 10 talks about it. They cut down a tree, they decorated it with silver and gold. And a lot of Christians nowadays, start, oh, well, that meant that they took an axe and they carved an idol. Who carves an idol with an axe? You cut down a tree with an axe. If you're going to carve an idol, you get a knife, a sharp knife, and you carve an idol. It doesn't say they took a knife and they carved an idol. It says they cut down a tree with an axe and they decorated it with silver and gold. Exactly what Christmas is. And they kept it long before the birth of Yahshua Messiah. And Jeremiah condemned it in chapter 10 of the Bible. Go read it. Try to find excuses or or twist the words and say, well, you know, ax really means that they made an idol, a bowl, garbage. You're lying. Use an ax to cut a tree down. Why did Yahuwah Almighty in, in the Torah say, now go to their tree groves and burn all their trees down. Take all their idols then in addition and burn them down. Why did the trees have to be burned down? Because they were worshiping trees. They had Christmas long before Christmas was Christmas made up in the 1800s in America and around the world by the Catholic Church and by men of foolishness. So if we follow the righteous ways and the truth, then we keep the seven feasts of Leviticus chapter 23. We keep the sacredness of the Shabbat. We keep the sacredness of our lives. We don't disobey exactly what it says, and we hold to exactly the way Messiah kept it. We call on the name of Yah for salvation. It talks about that in Acts 4.12. It talks about, call on His name for salvation. There's no other name given by which we must be saved. It talks about being baptized in the name of Yahshua Messiah, and Yahuwah Almighty for salvation, and for cleansing of our flesh that represents the purification that comes by the Spirit of Yah. And then it talks about the baptism of the rock HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit of Yah, that comes into us and fills us with the power of Yah to overcome this world and to overcome our own flesh. Because we are at a constant battle throughout life with our own flesh. Our own flesh is sinful by nature. And until Yahshua comes, 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five. 52 says, At the sound of the last trump, then we shall be changed, for we shall be like him. Like who? Like Yahshua. Sinless flesh, we shall not sin anymore. A conversion of the flesh happens when Yahshua returns. That's why the resurrection, the first resurrection of the dead, happens when Yahshua returns. And those people who are saved, And their names are written in the book of life. And they are set apart to become kings and priests of Almighty Yah. They shall be resurrected when Yahshua returns. Well, thank you for tuning us in and listening to this uh, teaching and preaching today. I pray in the name of Almighty Yah that you will repent of your sins and your lies and false doctrines. And that you'll turn to Yahshua Messiah. Come join us at Yahspace.org and at YahBible.org to get Bible translations Books about Babylon mystery religion, the falseness of idolatry, and the truth of Yah's historical knowledge of the truth, uh, which we have there at yahbible.org. Also, I have many Bible translations and book translations of those books that were thrown out of the Bible by the Roman Catholic Church. And those that even some were apocryphetically added uh, by the Catholic Church uh, to the Bible, but um, have since, by the King James Bible, been thrown out. Um, so that you, you, you know, it's good to read some of these books because when you read them, you find out if it's inspired word or not. If the rock, how Kodesh is in you, and you read it, and it, it doesn't sit right with you. you. go You know, this is kind of like some guy made this garbage up. And you realize that some of these books, uh, uh, some of these... Uh, uh, things that uh, uh, one particular church or, or denomination calls sacred really isn't a sacred book. It's just a bunch of man-made up stuff. You know? But it's good to read some of them and realize you know, so you can discern between the righteous and the unrighteous, the lawful and the non-lawful, and what is right and in, in line with the doctrine of Yah and what is not. But you have to have the Holy Spirit because it says in the scriptures that the Spirit of Yah will come and teach you all things. And so, you know, Yah calls men to preach and, and to evangelize and to lead others to Yahshua Messiah and to lead others to the truth and to convert them and baptize them and, and and that they form assemblies all over the world. We have assemblies that are keeping the sacred name of Yah and Yahshua Messiah all over the world, in the Philippines and Africa. In Asia, all over the world, there are small little groups meeting in homes, meeting in informal un, uh, uh, settings and such like that. And And some have built congregational halls to worship in and, and to keep the Shabbat and such. Uh, but um, there, there's very few of us who are keeping the true scriptural faith. Um, but there's a lot more now than there was when we first started out in the 1990s with converting from uh, Christianity into the truth of Yah's name and the truth of keeping Shabbat and the truth of keeping the seven feast days of Leviticus chapter 23. So there's a lot of men. They're very religious in their, in their keepings, but uh, is that religion the truth? And that's the real question we all have to answer for ourselves so that we know what is righteousness and what is unlawfulness. What is unrighteousness? There is a Yahli way to do things, and then there's an unyali way to do it, unlike Yah way to do things. So we need to be careful and circumspect. In fact, Yahshua uh, Yah says, or Yah says in the Old Testament, he says, "Be careful, n- be circumspect," which means be careful not to offer your f- offerings everywhere that you see, but only in the place that Yah causes His name to dwell. Don't keep the feasts in the place that you think, but in the place that Yah causes His name to dwell. So we have to be circumspect of that. So get over to Yahspace.org and and YahBible.org and remember that your contributions help keep this broadcast going and help keep us teaching and preaching the truth so that we can reach out into all the world to see salvation in the name of Yahshua Messiah. Until next time. May the Most High Yah bless you and keep you. May cause his Shekinah glory, his face, and his Ruach HaKodesh to rest in you and shine upon you. And may you have the light of the truth of Yah in your heart and written in your being by the presence of the Roach HaKodesh. Until next time, I'm Dan Merrick for Faith Radio. This radio broadcast depends on
1: the contributions of viewers like you. We appreciate your tithes and offerings and the gifts of our supporters and listeners worldwide. Without your kind gifts and offerings, we cannot reach so many with the good news of Messiah's love and salvation. To give your gift online, you can click the PayPal button at thinkya.org. that's THINKYAH.org, or visit our social network at That's Y-a-h-s space dot org. That's YAHSSpace.org. Our goal is to continue to reach the world for Messiah, and your tax deductible contributions are greatly appreciated and help keep this broadcast on the air.